Welcome to the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, also known as SWIRE. This podcast keeps SWIRE members up to date on what's new and happening in our organization. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Not a member? We still encourage you to listen. Each week, we provide you with valuable information related to the real estate industry and Southwest Iowa. Welcome to this episode of the Swire Podcast. I'm Tom Studer. In studio today, Amy Swoboda, Executive Officer for Swire, and we also have a special guest today. Jay Cathel is a realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services in Council Bluffs, and we'll learn more about uh, what Jay does, and uh, we're going to talk about foreclosures here in just a bit. First, Amy, what's happening at Swire? What's the latest? Well, we're winding down on Fair Housing Month. We, April is Fair Housing Month. Um, so there are some events. But by the time you hear this podcast, those events will have happened. So we hope you've attended some of those and learned some good information and keep that in mind year round. Um, April 27th, we have a Zoom training on the Remind Document Management System, which is the new free document management from IAR. That's at 11 o'clock. You can sign up for that. Um, May 3rd is the YPN, which is your professional network, not just young professional network, Cinco de Mayo event at the porch from 12 to 4, and get your teams, your volleyball teams or bags teams together, or you can come and play some games if you don't have a team also. We're welcoming you to come to that. Um, May 8th to 11th, the office will be closed for the NAR legislative meetings in Washington, D.C., and then May 10th. No, May 16th. Can't read my own writing here. May 16th is the Bradford Tech Seminar. So we've heard great things about this. Um, They do a free seminar um, to talk about uh, deductions you may not be thinking about as a self-employed real estate professional. And so if you can spend a couple hours on that, it will greatly benefit your business. That is uh, a lot of fun events and informative events at the same time that are coming up. What do you think, Jay? Are you going to be going to that Cinco de Mayo thing and uh, <laughs> taking part? I got my bags partner all lined up. I'm ready to win it. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Absolutely. Jay Cathel, Realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services in studio with us today. Uh, before we jump into the topic of foreclosures, give us a little bit of background. Um, how long have you been a realtor? And uh, uh, I, I know you have a big passion for it. You've been doing it the entire time I've known you. I met you back in shoot, what was it, 2000, 2001? I mean, I, I've known you a while. Well, I, did, I got licensed in 03, so I, I graduated from Iowa in 99. Okay. I got an information technology degree, went to work at the Air Force Base at Stratcom for a year, got top secret government clearance. I was working doing computer programming, and I hated it. I was sitting in a cubicle, and I was miserable. So I got offered a little bit more money to move to Frito-Lay on the West End in Council Bluffs. I did that for three years. They put me on third shift, and I was just miserable working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. So my dad was in real estate. He was uh, on Heartland Management. And uh, he offered me a job doing uh, residential property management in 03. So I took a pay cut from Frito-Lay, got licensed, started managing residential properties. And as a new person, I was probably, well, how old? I was 25 years old in, in 03. And uh, I'm picking up residential properties. I got about 120 wow. residential units I was managing within a year. But the people giving you the residential units already typically have good management in place. So the ones given them to me as a 25-year-old were the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I had I remember I had my sign in for, like my for lease sign out in front of a building here in Council Bluffs. This is probably late 03, early 04, and uh, Seven Can Help showed up. So they've got the, all the all the cameras there. My real estate sign sitting in the yard. Right. My dad called me and said, "Get down there, and get your sign out of that yard, and you're canceling that contract." So I did that my for about a year and a half. I was managing residential units and I started selling on the side. They're paying me like they paid me such a small little commission to 
our salary to manage these things. I made like three times selling in my first year. I said, I'm giving up the, the property management stuff. I, I can't do it. And so that, that's how I got into selling, just kind of kind of a fluke deal going from property management to selling. And How did you land into, because I mean, you, you've handled a lot of foreclosure deals. How, how did you kind of become an expert in that field? It came early. I was I was just kind of grinding, finding any way to make money back in, you know, 03, 04, 05, just trying to like get my foot in the door with anything. So I was doing a, a BPO, I was doing price opinions. So I was, I was grinding them out. I think they pay $50, $60 per price opinion. It takes a couple hours driving to Harlan and Denison, Atlantic, and all over Omaha just for 50 60 bucks a pop. And uh, a Wells Fargo loan officer came into Heartland Properties, brought like a regional manager in. I was talking to one of the owners there and saying, do you want to handle foreclosures? And I, I saw him leaving, walking out. I, I'm good friends with, uh, he's not an officer anymore, but his little brother I'm good friends with. And uh, I said, what are you guys doing here? They go, well, we're looking for someone to do our foreclosures, like sell our our Wells Fargo foreclosures. I'm like, I do all of your BPOs. I've been in the system for a year and a half. I'm the main guy for BPOs. They said, do you want to do it? I said, nobody else wants to do it. They said, no. They said, it's too much time. Nobody wanted to handle it. So I fell into Wells Fargo stuff back in probably 04, 05. And then uh, HUD put on their on their, contra- on their website that they were opening up for new uh, agents. So I, I got in with HUD, got in with U.S. Bank, got in with like the local bank, started using me as a foreclosure specialist. And uh, just kind of fell backwards into it. Just kind of luck and right spot, right time. Is it uh, pretty much the same now dealing in that field as it was back then, or has it been a lot of changes? A lot. I mean, back then you were talking to people. I mean, you actually had a person you talked to. You had like an asset manager you would talk to directly and communicating with. Now almost all of it's computerized. I mean, there's some contacts you can get a hold of, but people writing off, like you write off on a HUD house, and you don't see many anymore. They're, they just aren't out there. There's one on Mill Street that Omaha agent listed, but... Uh, <clears throat> you don't see many foreclosures out right now, but uh, everything's automated. The agents write the offers directly into the system. The system kicks back the counteroffer. It kind of bypasses the agent, which I think is good because like, I've sold my own HUD properties before. Like, well, you knew my bid and you outbid me by $5. I'm like, no, I just know the process probably better. How often does this come up for you? I mean, are you getting a lot of questions about that from people that are contacting you and the wanting to maybe purchase a foreclosure like that? You just don't see them very often. I've got one listed in Omaha right now, uh, 3424 Pedersen. It's like 120th and center area. But you, there just aren't foreclosures. But they're coming. They're coming. I, I said this about six months ago. I said, you can see the foreclosure list go from four houses now to about 30 houses. Every Friday, there's four or five foreclosures sitting the the sheriff's sale. So I have to go through the foreclosure sale first. And then the bank takes title to them, clean title. Then they, But it takes forever to get them listed. Once the bank owns them, it takes... And you'll see houses sit vacant for four or five years and like dilapidated house go without any care. It just goes downhill in a hurry. Yeah. So how do you find the sheriff's list? Uh, potcounty.com. It's under the, uh, you'll find it on that website. It's, there's a foreclosure list on there. I think it's like, I can look it up on my phone, but on, okay. under, <laughs> under potcounty.com, there's a list of all the properties going. It's every Friday at the courthouse at Big Lake up uh, at the county jail. So are you still spending a lot of time on that site just uh, verifying what might be out there? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, that's, we, uh, I mean, I kind of transition when there's less foreclosures. I've actually been doing a little bit more investing and that's a good avenue to find foreclosures. There's a ton of wholesalers right now that are, uh, grabbing these foreclosures before they actually hit the market and they're trying to resell them, which I don't know if we're even allowed to sell, uh, wholesale deals in the Iowa MLS. Interesting. You would ask that. Yeah. Totally different topic. Um, but that's... Yeah. We've actually been talking about it in the MLS committee. Yeah. And, um, as we started our conversation, we escalated it to, to Iowa and to their legal team, and they're yeah. looking into it too. 
I know Omaha. There's lots can't. of stories about it. About in how Omaha, you can't sell assignable. You can't list assignable contracts in the MLS in Omaha. But in, in Iowa, you still can. It's it's a shady characters, man. Yes, there are. <laughs> yeah, I hear yeah. stories. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, that's that's. I'm saying it in fun because I work with a lot of wholesalers, but I, I, it's a, it is a different business for sure. And I, I mean, I wouldn't. I I would bet if Omaha's already banning them in MLS, I was going to follow suit soon after. I would guess that because you're dealing with uh, typically you're dealing with a vacant property quite a bit, so that can add a new set of challenges depending on how long it's been vacant, right? Oh, for sure. So we got we got one uh, last Friday up on Zenith. No, actually Spencer. And they've been vacant for about five years, and the lady was a hoarder. So all of there's a truck in the driveway. The house is jam packed. I mean, floor to ceiling, probably five to six feet worth of new items, like blenders and like ninja blenders and boxes, uh, like CrossFit rolling, still in the box. Like every single room is jam packed, and the, the power's been off for five years. And so the neighbor came out and was talking. Well, that cops actually came up. We got to get into these properties. The cops showed up and. Verified, I was who I was. That I was, and <laughs> makes it interesting. Yeah. So, but uh, the neighbor said there's a cat in the basement freezer that she had, that she was freezing that she was going to bury in the backyard. And I can't go in there because you can tell that it's like a big, huge. The whole house is a litter box right now, and I'm so allergic that I can't. If I step in, I actually went in there for a little bit and I was snotting and sneezing. The neighbor gave me a Benadryl, and <laughs> but I, I can't do it. But there's allegedly the cleanout's going to happen soon. But allegedly, a cat in the basement freezer, which. Oh my. How, well, and if the power's been out, it's not as if it's still frozen. Yeah, it's going to be. It's. I mean, it, but that's, that's not the most disgusting thing in the house either. So that's that's how bad it is. And that's what we run into a lot of times. That that's not a. So that's not a one-off. That's kind of like this happens yeah. frequently. That uh, because once it becomes foreclosed and, and the bank owns it, then no one really feels any kind of attachment to it anymore, and there's no one there to take care of it. And it transitions from, like, the, the main bank, it'll transition from, like, say Wells Fargo forecloses, it'll transition to another asset manager, to another handling company, to another preservation team. It just, there's so many handoffs that it takes forever. There's there, It's like calling the robocall, and you get stuck in, like, the talking to robots over and over. They just don't handle these properties very smoothly. How often is it that you get there and there's just no saving the property, that the house has to go? I haven't come across it. I don't think I've been through one demo, but especially in this market, people will think they can save anything. You'll see a problem. But that one I have in Omaha has got a bad foundation, and everybody thinks they want it. But then, the, I mean, I tell them, hey, it's got a bad foundation. And they go and look at it, and it's like, oh, well, it's got a bad foundation. I'm like, yeah, that's why it's listed for 160 and not 275. But it's, it's a, I haven't seen one that's actually, and I've had a couple listed for wholesalers in Omaha, like in Nebraska, that, there's been teardown notices from the city, and it's too late to save it. But I haven't, I haven't really seen one that the bank gets back that can't be salvaged. And, and typically, I think, I think if they get them, they won't even come to me first. They'll come. They'll actually, the, if it's too too far gone, the bank will actually demo it before it gets to the agent. I think. I guess I don't know. I haven't dealt with it. Are you still out there developing relationships with banks, or are you fairly well set with that, and you've got all your partnerships the way that you need them to be? Oh, I mean, it's ever changing. So, I mean, I, I follow the different sites, and I, I mean, the, the ones that I have connections with, they they change their asset managers, they change their uh, management. Team. Well, that's true. I, I guess yeah, because staff changes, and when the new person comes in, they don't know you, so it just yeah. probably starts the process over again. Yeah, and, and and like the HUD foreclosures, they have different. I mean, I think any agent should be looking at them. I don't. There haven't been many, but back in in eighteen, I sold like one hundred and fourteen sides. I think ninety percent of that was foreclosures. 
So I did over 100 transactions, and I was running to Atlantic and Denison, and I was I was so far out, like some Bedford, Iowa. Mm-hmm. Oh, that all, that's a trip. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Bedford from here is a ways. I got a lot of highway miles on, man. I'm, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like a lot of city miles on my body and highway miles on my truck right now. But it's it's uh, I was covering a lot of ground and like up in Carroll listing foreclosures. They just don't have like they don't hire enough agents. They should have an agent up in Carroll. They should have an agent down in Southwest, like the Bedford area. And but I, I sold a ton of them back then. You just don't see that anymore. There's aren't that many foreclosures right now, but who knows? I mean, all those adjustable rates and all the all the COVID money's drying up. It's gonna it, it's gonna be an interesting market. I, I think I expect it to correct itself. I expect to have a lot of these people that shouldn't have bought houses. A lot of people that are aren't. You see, like there's so many available jobs right now. People don't want to go back to work. I I predict that it's and you have record highs for people laid on their utility bills, gas and electric and water. They can't pay their utility bills. They're gonna get shut off. They're gonna lose their house. But who who knows how long it'll take, and who how many more bailouts, how much more free money we're going to hand out to people, the and and the banks and everything. So who knows? You but talked I, I about go you talked about investors uh, picking up a lot of that. Is that you? Are you getting into yeah. that game as well? For sure. So how how does that process work then? With because uh, now I'm I'm guessing you're not going in there and doing all the work yourself. So now you've got new relationships you have to build with. Uh, uh, people that are going to, the contractors, the subcontractors, everyone else, and a lot more moving parts involved with that. Yeah. yeah and I've been burnt by it before. I mean, I've been burnt by a, a house in Harlan. I I paid a guy for the roof, siding, and windows. I spent 15000 up front. And I think he bought them and then returned them. I don't know for sure, but the work was never done. Six months later, I was, I was texting like, hey, how far along are we? He's like, getting close. We should be painting next week. Should be on the market here soon. And I called an agent up in Harlan. I said, hey, can you check out this house I have up there? And not one thing had been done to it. But I was, you know, it's too far from me. I shouldn't have bought a house in Harlem to flip because I wasn't driving by and checking on it. So I'm about 15 grand, and I'll probably never see it. Maybe I will. I hope I do. That's uh, that's an interesting perspective on it that I never thought about before is making sure that you're close enough to where you can check up on these things because you're going to be dealing with a lot of folks that I'm guessing this is the first time relationship that you had with him, that he hadn't done any work with him before. Right, so yeah. um, that's... You're a busy guy, and is, you know, I, I, you and I have talked before about different all the different projects I have going on. You've got ten times as many, and uh, I'm slowing down though. I, like, I'm not working with the wholesaler in Omaha anymore. I, we cut ties last week, so that's gonna free up a little bit of time. And I, I I've got, I'm getting old, man. I'm forty. I'll be, I'll be closer to fifty than thirty next week. So, I'm, uh, I'm. I'm wanting to hopefully walk away eventually. I, mean, I don't I don't know the exit strategy. Everyone always says, what's enough? How much do you really need? But I think I'm starting to quantify it. Like, how much do I really need to get out of the you're start You're starting to imagine that finish line. I'm seeing myself on a boat in the Keys, and, like, I'm a captain at heart. I'm going to be sitting on a – I'm going to get my captain's license and be on a boat. And Yeah, I've seen your Facebook shots, man. I know. <laughs> I, <that's my, laughs> I want to get my captain's license. I want to live on a boat or have a little place I can pull into harbor and, like, South of Key Largo and north of Key West. That's the 10-year plan. Well, a little bit closer than that, though. A lot of things are going to happen inside of those 10 years. What do you see going on with, um, say, say inside of the next five years? You talked about it before. The foreclosures are going to start getting busier and busier, do you think? I expect that they will. I mean, I, I just can't imagine with all the people that are late on their payments, late on their utility bills, COVID money drying up, people that got sa- their houses got saved. It ha- where does it come to an end? Where does it? Some of these houses sit vacant for four years. It takes forever to foreclose on them. So we haven't really seen the 2020 
bubble yet of people that haven't made their payments, that haven't, that aren't working anymore. So I mean, there has to be, I mean, it has to finally hit a, a turning point where these things turn into foreclosures and they come on the market. But you're seeing more and more at the foreclosure sale, and there's more and more that investors are passing on. So they ha- they will eventually be foreclosures. They just take forever to process. For someone that uh, is a realtor and is hearing uh, the things that you're talking about, and they're thinking maybe they want to start getting into that, where do they start? What What's the starting blocks for getting involved in, in representing foreclosures like this? Google it. I mean, GTS, Google that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, honestly, go online, look up Wells Fargo, look up U.S. Bank, look up uh, HUD. And there's HUD is asking for it. They're not right now, but... Every six months, they're asking for people to apply to be HUD, HUD salespeople. Just get online, start grinding, start doing price opinions. You can do you could do 10 price opinions a day if you really want to work. I mean, that might be aggressive, but you can knock out six or seven every single day, make 350 bucks a day, and make a good living. And, and if you start doing that, then you get into the foreclosures. You do enough price opinions for them, they will start handing you properties. You and I have a similar business philosophy, and it sounds like, if you can find something that has a repeatable process, then you're just naturally going to get faster at it. And yep, sure. you can just start grinding that way as opposed to trying to maximize profit on every single deal. You do it on volume, and you can do just as well. Mm-hmm. Well, how about that? I think this is, uh, <laughs> this is pretty interesting stuff, Amy. It is. Amy Swoboda, Executive Officer with Swire. Jay Cathal is a realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Thank you both for your time, and uh, good luck continuing on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You bet. And we thank you for listening to this episode of the Swire Podcast. New episodes are out each week. Until next time, take care.